Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, I'm Steph and welcome to the Don't Buy Her Flowers podcast. This is the last of our Lost for Words episode and we've dealt with some really tough experiences but for this one we're talking about something that is a real mix of happy joy times and tough bits and that's motherhood specifically for new mums i have to be really honest i've written and spoken about it a fair bit when i had babies and especially with my first it came as quite a shock uh, how consuming it was how out of control i felt just I had no idea what I was doing which I've since realized is completely normal because why and how would you know Um, we talk about motherhood being the most natural thing in the world you see new mums especially having to say it's so great I'm so lucky and they are um, and it is that almost goes without saying I think but if you're not allowed to actually say as well uh, I don't know what I'm doing or even I'm not enjoying this or cherishing every moment. It's actually quite dangerous because someone who is struggling might be left feeling really isolated. So this episode will hopefully offer some support to women who are in that phase or remind people who are out of that phase what it can feel like. And also some of it's really funny. <laughs> like when you have no idea what you're doing, it can also be funny. Uh, my guests today are Illy Morrison, who is mixing up motherhood on Instagram and Sophie McCartney or tired and tested as she's known. Illy trained as a midwife and now works in Birth Debrief with her book, The Birth Debrief, coming out on 16th March. She's got two kids and her youngest is 11 months old. And Sophie is a comedian. She's written two books. The first was Sunday Times Bestseller and is available in Don't Buy Her Flowers packages. And the second is her first fiction novel and it's due out in March. We have a right old romp through early motherhood, starting with birth, guilt, guilt about pretty much everything, how the early weeks feel, breastfeeding, sweaty weigh-ins. We talk about feeling like a failure um, and expectations and comparison with other mums. And we also talk about how babies impact your relationship with your partner. Illy and Sophie were excellent guests, very natural and honest um, with everything that they shared. I'd like to thank Natural Mat for sponsoring this series, who hand make organic beds and mattresses in Devon. And I'll tell you more about them in a bit, but you can get 15% off your first Natural Mat order with the code DVHF15. So on with the episode, which will hopefully offer some support to anyone who has more recently become a new mum or who beats themselves up for not being the mum they thought they'd be, because none of us are. 
the reason I wanted to talk to you both is just obviously you both have quite small babies. You're back in that new mum phase. And I think we've done a series that we're talking about. We've been talking about some quite serious kind of things like with grief and baby loss and cancer. But also I think new mums have been sometimes kind of neglected it's meant to be a really joyous time we're meant to get on with it. and it is all those things but it's also really tough and you both obviously kind of your life's work seems to be about letting mums know it's okay and if they're feeling not great and being able to laugh at it maybe or being able to help with advice so that's kind of why I really wanted to talk to you both but I thought if maybe just start with your kind of setup like how many kids you've both got and what you do that would be really helpful so I am a midwife and I don't practice clinically anymore. I practice in sort of the realm of trauma and overcoming trauma. And I am a soon to be published author, which is bonkers. And I also have two children, Ihsan, who is four, and Talha, who turns one on the 1st of March. So nearly done it you've nearly made that first year <laughs> and you know what it is with the first one that first year is like oh my gosh it's amazing with the second one it goes so fast mm. but I still think it's like I'm still celebrating yes I did the first year because I've yeah. done it again and with two so you know I think it's we're nearly there we're nearly there yeah and Sophie do you know what? It's awful. I keep forgetting that I've got three children. Yes, I hear you. <laughs> when people, when people ask me how many children I have, and like, they're like, well, tell me about your kids. And I go, oh, well, I've got two. It's I've when you have to three. remember their birthdays. Like if you're <laughs> filling out a form and it's like three birthdays, that's a lot of dates right. to remember. It, it yeah. is. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. So yeah, so, when, so my eldest, Jack, he is nine, nearly 10. I'm sad about that because I think as soon as we go into that double figures, I'm just going to have a, oh, it's going to be a sob fest, isn't it? just need to deep breathe my way through it Um, and then I've got Evelyn who's seven but is basically 25 the difference between boys and girls I mean people warned me at the time about the difference but I was like well how can two people that have come from the same place be just so different but it's actually incredible to, Mm. to just see that yeah see that so Evelyn's seven and then I've got little Nate who is five months tomorrow um and I guess in terms of like what I do I always find it really hard to sum up easily what I do I kind of go with just a broad spectrum comedian it's kind of my life mission to make people laugh and kind of feel a little bit better about themselves Um, but I also write so I've yeah got a book a number one Sunday Times best-selling book yeah yeah thanks they're labors of love aren't they they're like different kinds of children I think when you write books so there's that one and then I've got another one coming out that I wrote while I was pregnant and then had to postpone a little bit because I birthed my child a little bit too early and so then had to carry on writing. I gave myself two weeks postpartum to rock in a corner and then had to carry on writing. Oh so, God. yeah, I don't recommend that. I don't no, recommend that, but, no one ever yeah. does, do they? Lots no. of people do it and then they go, like, oh, yeah, it was dreadful. That was awful. <laughs> uh, writing yeah. a book, such a wonderful experience. It was awful. Don't do it. <laughs> Seriously, I say to people regularly, I'm like, toughest thing I've ever done. Like, oh, ever. So hard. Both of my children. And the thing is, when I was writing my book, it was supposed to come out in February 2022. And my mum passed away Mm. just unexpectedly on Boxing Day of 2021. And I was six months pregnant. I couldn't get my head in the game. And I was like, no, I can't be doing this. Like, I just can't be doing this. And so it's just like, put it off and put it off. That's really good that you did say, I can't do this. Because I bet you people have battled through and tried to do it and then just felt awful. And it's mad because between grief and postpartum, like the brain is just like, 
is it or what are you trying to say or what are you trying to do here like it's just not happening it's no. just not happening and actually it's been the best thing to ever happen because what's come from it is like fully what I would describe as my masterpiece so it's what I wanted to write and wouldn't have been able to produce then so it's like okay cool that's fine it's silver lining yeah you've given yourself that little bit of a breather space and I guess then you can kind of take a step away from it and then look at it again with fresh eyes I salute you for going back and doing it again I've already (laughs) told my publishing team I'm like not doing it again don't call me don't text me don't at me I'm not doing it (laughs) I was gonna ask you about how you're feeling right now so we've got an 11 month old and a five-month-old, nearly five-month-old. How's the sleep? And are you obsessed with sleep? My youngest is five, and I'm still obsessed with sleep. But it started from having kids, right? Yeah, yeah, Do you absolutely. Know, I feel like sleep is. We all talk about sleep because it's just a very mutual talking point. Like mm. we all know that the others are going to have something to say about sleep, so it becomes this like. How are you? Yeah, have you got kids? How are you sleeping? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, are you sleeping? Yeah. And you'll either like relate on the answer or be like, well, you're a dick because you're getting a full night's sleep. <laughs> I hate um, you. So, you know, it's kind of like a we'll either unite in our sleeplessness. Yeah. Or yeah. I'm going to go find someone else who's as tired as me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so bitch in a corner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think <laughs> with us, oh man, like the romanticization of co sleeping is bonkers to me. Like we co sleep for ease but not for comfort like the way this child occupies the bed is out of order like starfish oh my gosh (laughs) like literally and it's like if you roll onto his foot even a tiny bit well then he's up then that's it well you've ruined it so I'm like at the edge of the bed like this the whole night but yeah I mean it's funny because the bar is fully in hell when it comes to sleep because I'm like oh my god got three hours last night yeah do you know what makes me laugh like pre-kids if you'd had maybe like two or three hours sleep you'd be like I'm so tired you can't function can you the next day like oh but now you get two to three hours unbroken sleep I'm like oh my god I got two hours last night unbroken I'm gonna go and do something today I I feel so refreshed when my first was like I don't know at some point I got like a four hour stint I was like oh my new god woman. Like, new yeah, woman four yeah. hours <laughs> and then no one else is functioning on this little sleep well that's what it feels like it's yeah, mad. yeah it's the best thing at that that four hour stretch when they go through for the first time and then that's the panic as you wake up as well don't you because they haven't woken up to wake mm. you up and you're like <gasps> oh so how can I recreate this how can I make yeah, this exact setting and it's not because there's no predictability <laughs> to it and the thing is you'll go okay so he did have dinner at 6 15 and it did have this okay so if I do this then and yeah shh now make noise the white noise shh, 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 and I'll step out oh and they're God. like nah mate yeah, <laughs> like, I don't care yeah, so the no. best place that Nate has ever slept was in this awful soft play place that we went to um, for my <laughs> daughter's birthday and it was filled with maybe 60 kids all screaming their nice. heads off and he was just like bliss and he slept like an absolute lamb for about four hours in everybody's oh. arms just happy as put him in his little carry cot to sleep downstairs in our house in the absolute quiet. No, no, no. I'm just going to scream until you bounce me around the house. Then I'll shut up. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. The funny little things, aren't they? It is obsessional. So I was going to ask you both to go right back to when you had your first babies. Cause oh. I think what I really want to remember or ask you, I suppose, what did you feel like And what did you think you were supposed to feel like, Sophie? I was absolutely shell-shocked. So I was 28 when I had 
my first and none of my friends had had babies I was the first one out of everybody to have them so I didn't have any kind of peer group to go to and go oh my god this this happened to you I had nobody to share that experience with and I'd done the NCT classes but I hadn't really particularly gelled with my group and stuff you know and and I know lots of people do they do those groups don't they to get their kind of friendship network but again I was the youngest in in the group and I just kind of felt a bit like oh I, I don't know I just I just didn't feel like connection so when I had Jack I actually had a bit of a traumatic one with him I ended up being knocked out with the general anesthetic yeah it was it was just it was a horrible experience and I felt like I'd really I grieved the I grieved his birth almost mm. in a way because it just it wasn't what I expected it would be as birth generally isn't is it I mean I when people always say about birth plans now I have a little lols and I go oh you know, okay if you I mean take a birth plan if you want but be prepared mm. to rip it up because you know mm. sadly it doesn't always go, go that way does it and um so I'd had had a difficult one with him and I'd and because my husband had been thrown out of the room and I was unconscious and I felt like nobody had been with him when he was born and mm. I felt like a real kind of separation I, I literally woke up we didn't know what sex uh that we were having either so I, I woke up in a room somebody thrust this baby at me and went it's a boy and I was like oh just that really disassociated from it and then Uh I really struggled in the first kind of few weeks and months afterwards I I don't think I would go as far as saying I had postnatal depression I don't think that I did I think it was probably just a a period of adjustment and me getting my head around what had happened it's like expectation versus reality isn't it and what mm. I thought it would go down I had to delete every episode of one born every minute from I'd had on the virgin box I was like no 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 I just couldn't couldn't it sounds awful now looking back at it but I couldn't stand to hear other people talking about their really happy birth experience mm. yeah so for my first few months I had a real kind of bedding in period of being a new mom dealing with kind of like I guess the the slight trauma of what had happened for his birth and mm. not knowing anybody else that had babies. And I don't think I probably left the house for the first like, four or five months. I think mm. I just sat in pajamas going, Oh my gosh, what is this? What is this? And you know, mm. actually retrospectively, he was a really easy, lovely baby. Cause then my daughter came along and she was wow, something else. But, um, so I had, I had it easy with him. I just didn't really appreciate it at the time. But, mm. um, I just remember looking out of my, um, out of my living room window one day and I was sitting there, I was holding him and I saw a woman walking down the road with her baby in a pram and she had her like the bag on. She was obviously out for the day. I'm thinking, why can't I get out for the day? And I was, I, I felt trapped in the house and I was so jealous that other people could just seem to get themselves up and out and get mm. on with their lives. And I just felt really isolated and like, I just wasn't doing it properly. Mm. So, I mean, that, that was the first one. I mean, skip to the third one. I mean, we still haven't really left the house, but I'm like, I don't really care now. <laughs> it's easier. It's fine. We don't go yeah. anywhere, but I don't, I'm not sweating in soft play places. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Illy? With my first, it's interesting because I, I was, I think I was 26 and I was just like, yeah, you've got it all together. Like, you know, midwife, I'd looked after like hundreds of women. I, I, I knew what I was doing and (laughs) against medical advice only because I had a slightly higher BMI at the time and I had something called low pape, but actually in the trust I was working in in London, they were like, your pape levels are fine. But the trust in Norwich was like, we don't like this. I played the system, not recommending this, by the way, but like I basically hopped between two trusts and was like avoiding extra scans and stuff because I didn't want them. And then was like, I'm going to have a home birth um, because I was like, of course I'm going to have a home birth. And at the time we were living with my mum and I was like, wicked, like that's fine. And ended up 
going from a home birth to an emergency cesarean section and had like a real period of adjustment that was just like, what do you mean? And I think because I'd placed such a high expectation on being okay, on having it together, on knowing what I was doing mm-hmm. and the reality of that not happening was just wild to me. And I think a lot of processing postnatally is impacted by shame. Mm. And, you know, shame impacts all of our experiences and it manifests itself in like guilt and things like that. But it is at the core of a lot of it is shame. Mm. And I was like, well, I'd like louded it up and said, you know, I'm going to do this. Even to like the doctors, I was just like, anyway, bye. And the reality was so different. And then struggling with breastfeeding and, you know, breastfeeding took a while with Isan to kind of like just get it right. And again, that shame comes into it because how many women had I been like, take the baby, nose to nipple, da 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 da, rugby hold, et cetera, et cetera. And then my own baby, I felt so cack handed and just could not get this like severely tongue tied baby to just get on my tit. Like it was just like, are you having a laugh? And it took like three weeks for her to get back up to birth weight. And I refused to give formula, not because I, I've got anything against formula, but because for me, I was like, you failed at this birth. You are not going to fail at this thing. And I do Mm, think that for a lot of people is a result of trauma Mm. that you kind of like, well, I didn't get that right, but I'm going to get this right. So you double down on something else that you, that's tangible. So you put yourself through all sorts, like, you know, bleeding nipples, you're like, pumping topping up this that and the other this regimented thing because you're like I'm getting this thing right it becomes an obsession well I remember one of my NCT group had a hospital pump like they'd loaned her one of those industrial pumps and this was our first baby so like I I couldn't have gone oh don't be ridiculous I had no idea what would work they advised her to feed like latch feed then in 45 minutes pump with this industrial pump and then 45 minutes later feed again and this and you know like that can't be good for it's anybody not sustainable no like, but also she was so broken like yeah. she just attached either to a baby or a pump the whole yeah. time you just caught in the cycle is, aren't you I remember sitting there just like this and it, that fucking Medella and it's going oh my god and the thing is right the noise is like yes 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 pumping 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 and then you look and you go <laughs> oh i've got 10 yeah, mils <laughs> like literally it would drive me bonkers when i managed to take this girl to the clinic get her weight. They said, she's exactly at birth weight. Do you want to come back next week? I was like, do I fuck? Like, I'm not coming back next week. Oh, no. yeah, she's like, good. Yeah, See you later. We're, We're not doing it again. And yeah. I never weighed her again because I was like, yeah. you just don't need that. The weigh in clinics, oh my, because Buster oh. was four weeks early and was underweight and lost weight. And I was just so stressed by the way, but the weigh-ins were so sweaty and there'd be women visibly crying around the room, you know, cause they're all going, Oh God, I'm getting it wrong. I'm getting it wrong. Yeah. Awful. So lonely. And it's just like a way to, to really undermine your intuition, but oh. to undermine your ability and, and your kind of, to just ruin your experience for me I don't know like people are like what centile was your son I was like I don't freaking oh, know the centile. like the centiles yeah. the weights I have not weighed him I've not weighed either of my children I just don't care like I was like do you know what Eileen it doesn't serve you so you just can't do this and yeah. I'm just like look at them 
are they okay? Are you feeding them? You know, trust that. And actually, yeah. my son is tiny compared to my daughter and everyone sees him. My mother-in-law the other day was like, Eileen, are you feeding this child? I was like, no, <laughs> it's a new thing. We don't do well, that. Did you did you have the whole weigh-in stuff, Sophie? Did you feel Yeah, the... I did. So I've experienced both ends of the spectrum. So when Jack was born, so thus my emergency cesarean that I had to be knocked out for, he was £10.10. Um, so he was yeah whoa, yeah it's most people's response so he was not coming and I'm you know yeah. I, and I know that you know I don't think it necessarily you know Ellie you'll know better than me it doesn't really depend on your size but if you can get a big baby out or not but yeah. all the women in my family have struggled with anything over about eight eight pounds I don't know whether we've got little pelvises I, I, I don't know but he was not coming out of me oh natural mm-hmm. so he was 10 pound 10 so when he came out we didn't have to go to the weigh-ins everyone <laughs> was like he's fine he was on the 99th centile it was like oh yeah came out yeah. <laughs> rolls well, for days all right let's yeah let's get out of the pub <laughs> um and then Evelyn she was so she was an emergency cesarean I tried I tried a v-back for her and just again just not not go well for me I cannot birth babies uh, that way and so she came out she was about eight pounds so she was fine and then Nate was three weeks early but he was eight pounds but three weeks early so he was a decent size but then he he had reflux and I've not really experienced this with the other two mm-hmm. and so he came out I think he was on the 50th no 75th he must have been when he came out he was on the 75th centile and after his first weigh-in, he'd not got, he you know, they go down, don't they? And he'd yeah, not yeah. got back to birth weight. And so that we'd been flagged, flagged as not going back mm. to, to birth weight. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. And I'd been noticing how much he was being sick. So we kind of struggled on for a, a little bit longer. And then the health sister came back. She's like, I'm not, not happy to let you go. So we're going to have to keep coming back. But he was going down through the centiles. The stress of that. Oh, is... it is. And even for me, as, as an experienced mum, yeah, yeah, baby, I was time. in bits. And, mm. you know, he was happy. He, he was not. And ever, to look at him, because he was eight pounds when he was born, it wasn't like he was a little baby. Mm. You know, it wasn't like he was a teeny little preemie baby. He was, you know he was a unit still for you know three weeks early and so but yeah he did so in the end we got kind of fast tracked through for the GP he was put on a meprazole for his reflux I'm now dairy free soy free joy free oh absolutely it's hor- it's <laughs> I just had to put that in there because it is it is the health minister said to me she said to me well we'll try dairy free we'll try soy free and if they don't work and uh, we'll go we wheat free we'll go gluten free and I was like there's nothing left the bread so yeah so, so that kind of got that under control and actually now he's below his original centile he sits just below the 50th but we saw a consultant and he said well to be honest he said we see it all the time the mm. baby's born they come out at an elevated birth rate an elevated centile and then they just sit into their they fall into their groove as long as they're following a curve it's another thing that it becomes an obsession a bit doesn't it especially with that first baby and it's the the comparison yeah the comparison (laughs) with other people and then you kind of I suppose I've got a 12 year old so I can say now that you look at like his rugby team or his, and they're all different sizes yeah. especially at this age because some are going through puberty and like hello you know, oh my god that's yeah. a man and others <laughs> are, are really like we but they it, it that's just where they're meant to be for most of them and I think yeah. it's very hard to yeah. compute that when you're at yeah. home and, and also it's that back to that same as well my job was to give birth my job was to is to feed whether that's yeah. breastfeeding or bottle it's like that's what I've got to do so if their weight's out you're like oh god I'm not yeah, able just, to do this 
just so much of early motherhood is just you feeling like an absolute failure. It continues on, you know, when it comes to weaning. Like, I bloody hate weaning. Like, I hate mm-hmm. it the first time, hating it the second time. Can't stand it. Third time has been e- was easier because it was like, I, d- I haven't got the energy. To- yeah, no. yeah. Like, d- chew on this. And then he... <laughs> Have a sausage. He- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're good. It's, You're fine. But, yeah. it, but again, it's that... It's that expectation. I was like, I, I have to take something out of this, like what I need to do. Whereas, yeah, with the first ones, it was pureeing and like doing it all oh. really, really carefully. Yeah, yeah. I remember just looking and being like, it's all on the floor again. How much did you even eat? Like the waste and the tidying. Oh my gosh! Like it would, you know, that would drive me bonkers. And now with Talha, I'm just like, did you eat this morning? I don't really remember are you okay yeah you're fine okay then let's keep it moving you know like I just I can't I can't do that to myself the second time because I know that I'm meeting his needs I know that I am so it's like do you know what when I see people on that Instagram and they've got like shiny little meals there's one person that I that I follow and I look at what she does and I'm like, what do you do for the rest of your day then like how do you get anything done and it's not even like taking the piss but it's like wow like you know, this is like a gourmet meal for this child. Like, you know, four different things all on plates, which are really nice. And then they touch. She's like, oh, she's exploring. You know, she wants to see the texture, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, put it in your mouth. Keep it moving. It becomes <laughs> something, though, like a, that comparison and competition, doesn't it? Where you where yeah. you hear someone re- like, and they probably don't mean to. Like, it's and it's not even necessarily because some kids just do and some don't like with what they yeah. eat. And I can see it with my three. that They're all really different. But it will be like, well, yeah, they love olives or they love yeah. broccoli or that you like you choose something that everyone else's kid is poking about. Yeah. And and it get, it makes you think, oh, God, I'm doing this wrong. But again, they get to an age where they eat it or they don't, you or know, don't. And, and everyone's fine. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what comes with the, the second child onwards. I joked before about the about Evelyn with well, a sausage. So when I was weaning her at that point, Jack was four so to be honest I wasn't going to make life more difficult for myself she just had a smaller version of whatever he was having for tea. yeah and yeah. if that happened to be a fish finger well that's just got a little bit mashed up yeah and I look back and I think oh my goodness I would have never done that for my first yeah. he didn't have chocolate I don't think until he was two so I think I've got a picture of Evelyn holding a back of buttons when she was about 11 <laughs> months old like hey you just you just relax into it I think you, you're just so scared that food might hurt them and if it's not organic something awful is going to happen it's like well they're just little versions of you it's it's fine you know, you're not going to it's not like a dog it's not like you can't have chocolate they'll die you know it's 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 just another human it's just a smaller version I think you know yeah. you just I think people overthink overthink the weaning process just just yeah. give them something to eat they'll be fine yeah well even the name weaning is like I remember being with my NCT group and someone saying something about weaning and I was like I don't know what that is and like going home and looking up it's like oh giving them food yeah giving, giving them, them yeah, eating yeah, chewing. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I think as well you know we just get caught up in comparison in every area and you know considering my work now where I work with people who are overcoming birth trauma or support them to I'm just like let's break this down let's let's like reframe this because we always want to find things to blame ourselves for because everything feels like our responsibility. So mm-hmm. even, you know, we think I could have birthed differently. I could have changed this. I could have. It's like, but could you? And when you ask yourself that question back, you're like, oh, actually, yeah. Can you force feed a child? No, you can't. Can you offer it? Yes. 
And do you want to spend your day doing that as well? Like, and then do you want to blame yourself? Like, Mm -hmm. really, you know, actually, there's only so much we can control and so much that we should feel guilty for because otherwise there are things that we couldn't have changed. Mm -hmm. So what's the point in the shame and the guilt? Yeah. Yeah. And and did you did you feel a pressure to kind of get back? And whether that's body or brain or getting out, like I feel like you always remember celebrities that have babies at the same time yeah. as you. Yeah. I remember seeing Rochelle Humes, one of her kids was born at the same time as one of mine, and they were on date night two weeks after having a baby, <laughs> looking great. Like she's been amazing. Great. But I'm at home literally tit out, like greasy, like I just feeling really fat and like all the stuff going to see. How are they doing that? Yeah, but, yeah. Kate Middleton had her children round about. So, oh the, God. The, yeah, around the same time that I had my first and the second, it's the same age gap. Yeah, <laughs> something to aspire to. And I, do you know what? I, I always just, I actually still really feel very sorry for Kate for having to. Can you imagine anything worse? Mm. Yeah, than however many hours after you've just had a child to just like somebody just like put a dress and makeup on you and like push outside and you've got to just smile for the world I'd just mm. be absolutely terrified that all of my insides were sliding down my legs towards the floor <laughs> like that, that, that's what happened to me where I wear big socks up to her knees just absorbing all the blood that's coming down it just must be horrendous so yeah yeah so I, w- I was looking at Kate and going oh well I'll, I, I can't do that so I may as well just stay in the house no point, <laughs> no point trying absolutely yeah, yeah. not yeah, yeah I think I don't I <laughs> I don't know. With my daughter, I don't think I really did. I I think I was so just like, whatever. But with Ihsan, I lost so much weight. I think within the first like seven, eight months, I'd lost about 25 kilos from just from breastfeeding and baby yeah. wearing. She was like a unit. Like when she started, like she, you know, she was solid and she would never go in the cushion and would only, I'd only be able to baby wear her. And I lost so much weight. So I was like my best self. Like I was like, oh my god, yeah. like, let's get out on the town. Like, <laughs> who even are you? And but with Chalha, and it's funny because now I also have sort of like a semi, like a sort of somewhat social media presence, and I I hate it because I'm like, like I haven't gained weight, but I haven't lost any. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh god, like now people see you, like strangers see you, and I felt a bit more pressure with him actually physically to kind of look like I was doing all right but actually I now I'm just like I just don't care like yeah, yeah. you've got to you know you've got to heal my, my husband's a physio so I'm quite lucky that he's there he's encouraging me he's like you know you've got to do some exercise and I think some people would take offense to their husband telling them they needed to do some exercise but I know yeah. it's actually him being like you, you need to build yourself mm. back up again back up. you know it's all yeah it's things like my, my lower back I get problems with mm. and that's because I had diastasis uh, recti after jack so I had issues there so I know that muscularly and for my physical and mental well-being that it's actually good to start getting back into it's just walking getting the baby in the sling good doing some baby wearing because yeah it's such a good workout elevate that heart rate <laughs> said that and I'm like oh yeah pelvic floor exercises so anyone who's listening do your pelvic floor exercises squeeze it now just squeeze it now let's do it oh you'll thank me later (laughs) natural mat are the sponsors of this series makers of organic beds and mattresses since 1999 it's a great fit for us as anyone who follows me online will know that i blooming love sleep i wish i had more of it and i blooming love a nap as well so at natural mat all of the key materials they use in their beds and mattresses come from natural sustainable and renewable sources even buying their organic wool from farms on their doorstep in the southwest they make everything themselves by hand 
in their solar-powered Devon factory and in 2020 their sustainability efforts were rewarded with a Queen's Award for Sustainable Development. They also recently launched their Mattress for Life initiative, so when your natural mat mattress reaches the end of its lifespan, you have three options, refurbish, recycle or donate, ensuring a natural mat mattress never ends up in landfill. Don't Buy Her Flowers listeners can get 15% off their first natural mat order using the code DBHF15 either online or in their London, Devon or Cotswold showroom. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And what about visitors? Because when I had my first two, well, especially my first, we had a kind of schedule. I, because, like you, Sophie, I was the first of my friends. We, I was 29. We were the first to have a baby where we were living in London. And we would have like a two a day or two or three. There'd be slots a day. And I didn't plan for that. And I didn't think that that was going to happen. But then people would contact you and they all want to be there in that first couple of weeks and see yeah. the baby. And it wasn't until I had my third and I wrote a post called Pulling Up the Drawbridge, which has ended up being pretty well read. And I get messages, people, they've sent it on to people because I realised I didn't need to do that. I didn't need to have visitors because also I was giving to people at a time when I had nothing to get, you know, I, all my focus yeah. should have been on a baby. Yeah. Providing a charcuterie board yeah. for your friends oh, coming around you, and you haven't eaten in three days because you haven't yeah. had the time. But like, I've got to get the good biscuits. Got to yeah. get the good biscuits out for all the yeah. visitors. Yeah. Did you, did you have lots of visitors? 
I did. Do you know what? I think you get less visitors less visitors per children oh, yeah. that you have. Yeah. yeah. So like every the first kid's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. All, all all the subsequent children just look like a version of the first and people aren't really that interested, are they? And I think um <laughs> from my daughter when she was born, I think when the neighbours just um pushed a baby grow through the letterbox, didn't bother knocking on. Amazing. I, I, can, I can hear it from here, love. I can I know <laughs> you've had her, there you go. <laughs> It's <laughs> all Actually, that's fine. But yeah, it is. And people do, they want to come, they want to sniff your baby's head. And, and which I always found really weird because I always just think that, you know, that smell that everyone goes, oh, that's amazing. It's actually just your insides, isn't it? If you think about it, that's just what that smell is. Like, okay, you do you, but you're just smelling my badge, but that's fine. Enjoy, get a good whiff. <laughs> and, and yeah, and you get your first couple of weeks and that's fine. But then it very quickly just, it takes off, doesn't it? I don't think anyone's come to see me bar my parents. And, and that's because I needed them for childcare while I worked in, in months now. So, and, and you know, and it's fine. It is fine. I get it. It's, it's less exciting. Mm. But also, yeah, the effort that you have to go to to provide for them. I'm happy to take a step back from that. I'm happy. I'm good. Yeah, I live with my sister and her children. And it was her husband as well who also passed away not long ago. So it was, Mm. you know, two families living together. And we've both got two children. And they basically pulled up my drawbridge. So they were just like, we've got you. Like, the only people I'd want to be here would be my sister. And then Mm -hmm. my other two sisters basically live here as well. So it's like... They're the only people I'd actually need. And so it was really easy. But I'm part of quite a big Muslim community in Norwich. And so at about six weeks, we had what we call a milky pudding, which is like where we'll have like um like a sweet semolina rice and everyone will have some of that rose water and like it's gross I don't like it some people really like it and it's like you have like the tiny little bowl whatever just to like share for like wetting the baby's head kind of thing and um so we then had like 30 people come over but all at one time and then it was like bye like you know that's it so you kind of did it all and you're exhausted but then it's like we're just celebrating and then you're done Yeah, um, nice. I like that. Yeah. And then when he was six months old, we had what's known as an Akika, which is basically like a christening. And then there were like a couple of hundred people. But again, it was one day and then you go, everyone celebrates you. And it's like, all right, then I'll go to bed. So actually <laughs> it's quite nice. And visitors came, but they would literally like in those early days, it was food just being dropped off. So yeah. my sisters had arranged for different people to cook for about Amazing. four That's weeks. That's what you actually need. Yeah. Yeah, it was four weeks. There were meals all the time. They were dropped off at the door. No one came in. No one held the baby. It was nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And um, we also, I didn't with Ihsan, but with Talha, I, I did 40 days where I just didn't really leave the house. I went for a walk. Um, but he did essentially, bar going to the osteopath, 40 days of just being indoors and mm-hmm. just being with me or held by like immediate family. And that honestly... If you have the ease to do that, and I did have it because Omar could take his son to nursery and I've got a garden, I could be outside. Mm-hmm. But like it changed my whole postnatal experience because yeah. I actually just was like, well, I'm just going to sit here and scroll Instagram and watch things yeah. and nap and be looked after. Yeah. And it's just that 40 days of just like, okay, cool. Now I'm ready to face the world. And it really did feel like a smoother transition. So if you have the capacity to, even if you did five days or whatever, but days that are just dedicated to you resting, eating, being. Which makes complete sense. Like, it's like your body has just done this massive thing. Your brain, your identity, everything feels a bit screwy. 
that but then you're meant to be out and about and it, yeah in some sort of outfit with your face on looking all yeah. good yeah. and yeah. fine no. that you're coping no. and like no. most people have to do the school run like a couple yeah. of days later and like but I think you, know, you, you can ask for help as well like I think I know you talk about it takes a village and that but I with the first two I wouldn't have asked for help I didn't even really kind of say like mom I need it I'd be like no I'll save that for when I really need yeah, it well like I don't want to be a, yeah yeah I don't want to be a burden and then with my third because I really consciously was like right I've got to do this differently because I, this did not work with the first two and there was a bit of a gap between two and three so I was like I, I asked for help or I'd say right someone's doing the school run can you pick up my kids or, yeah yeah or can you take, and people want to help but you kind of need yeah, to give do. them specifics don't you because yeah. otherwise they're like can I help and then you're like, oh, yeah. I can't let me know if you need anything yeah that yeah. doesn't work yeah. we know that that's not it or, or really unhelpful help well they'll come and then they'll just sit in your kitchen then you'll like run around making them yeah. cups of tea and like making no. them lunch and sandwiches and you're like oh they're just holding your baby but you're still running around doing everything yeah. anything else like no I, I want to go yeah. to sleep for two hours while you hold my baby make your own sandwiches exactly. like, yeah yeah and yeah. also you know if you don't have any family around you you can get um a doula, a postnatal doula, and you're like, come in, come in and, you know, twice a week, just tidy up or hold the baby or let me shower or make me snacks or whatever. But, you know, you save up the money and you you kind of, if you're going to, rather than getting the kind of top of the range push chair, you take that money and you go, do you know what? Actually, I'm going to use it for this. Or if people ask you for gifts, like I have people who gift debriefs, birth debriefs to their friends. Mm-hmm. as their baby shower gifts they're like just go talk about your birth and because it doesn't have to be traumatic it's just somewhere for you to just offload or get advice or whatever mm-hmm. it's like these are important gifts in order to nurture us like mm-hmm. how can you feel better yeah there you go so when do this meal plans don't buy flowers yeah well because and it was originally it was gifts for new mums and it was because yeah. I had my first baby I got about eight or more bunches of flowers. I worked in marketing, so it'd be like this big, the agency sending these, like beautiful, all really well intended because it was a gift for me rather than for the baby. So, yeah. but you're just sitting there going, "Oh my god, like I can't look after those." Something like, else to know. keep alive. Yeah. And we do like you can have cook vouchers in our stuff, yeah. and it's all about TLC. Like that's yeah. what you yeah. actually need. It's yeah. and I think I think sometimes like with and with the visitors thing when I posted that a few years ago there was I had the funniest I mean awful but funniest messages from people where the families that had turned up people with suitcases but one that really stuck in my mind was a mother-in-law who turned up and parked outside the house and the the mum of the baby was like yeah do you want to come in she's like no no I'm only coming in when my son's there because I want to be with him and be the first person to hold the baby but he'd gone to the shops or something so this woman is like are you fucking kidding me like what are you and she's parked outside the house for like a couple of hours like no no my because in her vision of meeting her grandchild yeah, how she wanted it to go and you're like this isn't about you like <laughs> the boundaries thing is, is yeah. probably again I think the number of things I did with a, a small baby like going to big events that you didn't want to go to that someone's invited you to or you know like drag and like no you you need to be able to say no but I suppose you need to have a think about that and a talk with your partner yeah for to go I know that wedding that's two weeks after we've had a baby it might not be the right thing to do yeah, or whatever ideal. it is absolutely not no no I mean I'm not even doing baby groups this time around I've just said categorically I'm not doing them they not used to stress it. the life out of me trying to get the others to them we'd always be late 
we'd I'd always turn up like the last 20 minutes after mm. you know everybody had done all their rhythm and rhyme sessions always turn up late for them just in time to get the like the, the shit juice and a stale biscuit that nobody just thinks on to put in the tin like come on Janet put them in a tin save them for next time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you know it's interesting because I actually cannot stand a baby group but like, I can't no. I can't Jump stand it. the angst I can't stand the kind of just staring at each other across the room to be like, want to be friends? No, we don't be friends. Okay, let's just look at our babies. And you don't know any of the songs. I sing like Pitbull to my kids. I don't sing like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. I'm like, it's going down. (laughs) I don't don't know anything. (laughs) But also like to do what you would do in the comfort of your home in a public place, it just sounds like a bit of a ball ache. And the baby's like, oh, I'm going to sleep now. Sleep or I'm just going to crawl off in that direction yeah. or I'm not bothered. So I was yeah. like, no, I'm not doing baby groups. But I'm very much about like getting mums together and how we can have a better experience. Because you do, you do think, need some contact you do, with other people. You do. Yeah. Like, you have to be able to be like, I can leave when I want to. Yeah. Like it's not between the hours of 10 and 11 and you've got to stay or be on time. Yeah. But I um, started these like mother circle socials here in Norwich because I was like, just come join us. We're just going to have cake and tea and talk. I did the first one a couple of weeks ago and it was like speed dating, people just moving around the room, just like chatting, whatever. But it was like, we were all just united through the fact that we were mothering and that was it. Mm. And it was amazing. And I think actually they shouldn't be baby groups. They should be mother groups. Mother groups, yeah, for sure. Baby groups, babies are cool, especially second and third babies. They've got siblings. They are fine. It's like the the massage where you go and you do take like a a three-week-old for a massage and they're just lying. lying. (laughs) They don't know what's going on. You need the massage. Like, take my baby, massage me. Like, I'm cool. Yeah, I did. The only one that I did that I actually quite enjoyed with my elders, we did baby sign language. Yeah. And he actually learned how to sign mummy before he could say it. So I think it was, it was tapping of his head. So he used to tap his head for, for mummy and he did duck as well. So he did mummy and duck. I was, like, it was t- I was like, see, Steve, it was totally worth the hundreds of pounds that we've spent. Yeah. When you have to buy a term of classes, you end up going yeah. to probably three out of eight. Yeah, you do. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, Just can't no be bothered. Good. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I saw your post, Sophie, where you ordered some thank you cards that just really oh, made me chuckle. It really made me chuckle. Oh. Go on. Well, do you know what? I was so proud of myself, Steph, because I don't yeah. do things like this. And I no. thought, do you know what? I'm going to get ahead of the curve. I always feel... You know, when people give you a gift and you say thank you at the time, and then I always go, oh, but should I send a card? But I've already said, I've said thank you to their face. I said thank you at the time. Do I still, how like how long do I need to continue saying thank you for the baby group that they gave me? But so I thought, don't you want this time? I'm going to be really organized and I'm going to get one of these lovely, like beautiful black and white pictures of my baby, with name on the front, date of birth. So I went on, did it, did it online. And um, I saw on the back, there was a blurb that just said, you know, like, oh, thank you so much for your, you know, your kind gifts and, and beautiful words for the birth of our son. I thought, perfect. I don't actually then have to write anything on the back. I can just be super lazy and just you know, deal them out at the school ground when I see people. Don't even need to write on them. And so I ordered them. They came, they cost me like 50 quid for these bloody cards. My husband was like, oh, I was like, I know, but look, they're arty. And then, and then we t- turned them over and it had this beautiful blurb about thank you for your beautiful, kind words and wishes for, for our baby boy. And then it said, with love from Peter and Maria Smith. <laughs> I, I, was, so I, was like, good. I was like, who the fuck is Peter and Maria Smith? I was like, it with these people. So I just hadn't seen the bit that I had to then order correct <laughs> myself. 
couldn't send them back because they were it was my mistake and then I couldn't then give them out my husband was like well, no we're giving them out you spent 50 quid on them I just have to yeah. cross them out so we ended up just having to cross out Peter and Maria Smith and then write aka Sophie and Steve Sophie with baby brain but I thought we can't even put them away you know it's a little keepsake for him for when he's older because when we're dead and he's going through all of our belongings who the fuck are my parents (laughs) yeah who are who am I he's gonna have this existential crisis that maybe he was adopted I love it tell him oh my god that was just the the best case of trying to do something when you postpartum and you really shouldn't be thinking yeah that that yeah just don't, don't recommend that don't recommend what about relationships in those first weeks I just felt very angry at Doug. And actually, after each child, it wasn't like it was just with the first one. Just that rage, I felt. How about you girls? Yeah. Um, So the first time, (laughs) I think, like, I didn't really have anything to compare it to necessarily. And it was, like, more just, like, this idea of how I'd seen others behave. And so I'd be like, yeah, of course. You know, I was very much ticking boxes of, generic behavior rather than applying them to my exact situation it was very much like you should be doing this and you should be doing that and you should be doing the other and actually that didn't work like and that wasn't us and so it actually ended up causing more resentment more arguments and it was like that was so stupid like you should never have done it like that and so with our with our son he wasn't even there at the birth so came obviously like the moment he was born he was just upstairs looking after our daughter came down the moment he was born whatever but that start made such a difference because it was like now I have like expectations that are applicable to you and that really helped to prevent the anger in those first few weeks because then it was like he didn't he didn't basically and I think you can do this with subsequent children it was like you are her guy like you need to do everything for her so that I don't have to so his hyper focus was on her I was like well this baby only really wants me anyway, so whatever. And mm. my sisters were here, as I said before, so it was fine. Um, but later on, now that this child is nearly one, I'm like, are you fucking joking? Can you fucking talk about Like, I'm like, the, the anger is just like, now I find it more annoying because I'm like, mm. I now have two that I have to deal with. And I'm feeling like sometimes this load isn't necessarily very balanced. And so I think a lot of the conversation starts around that initial how it impacts your relationship which is definitely like an atomic bomb yeah but then the later the kind of the niggling kind of persistent irritations that happen like how many times do I need to ask you to just get the kids to bed like it's bedtime why are you playing like you know what time like like all of these Mm. kind of things and the impact that that then has and also just the build-up of the exhaustion like maternal exhaustion from like showing up and when you've got two children of different ages or more, as you will know, mm. they've got different needs different and you're trying to meet yeah. those needs and trying to meet your partner's needs as well and your own, which you're like wherever they are. And the resentment definitely does build because you no longer have the adrenaline that you were running on in the beginning. Your hormones are like pissing about your mm. periods back. You've got a thing going back to work or whatever. You feel crap in yourself and the person you can take it out on is your partner. So yeah. Yeah. How about you, Sophie? For us having our third baby was a bit of a kind of, uh, my husband wasn't as keen. I mean, now he's here. He's Same. Like absolutely Same. besotted. But for him, his main concern was actually what it would do to us. Because mm-hmm. remembering the struggle with having two kids quite close in age together and how little time that we had for each other. 
and now you know mine are near 10 and 7 and they're just at a completely different stage of life and they're brilliant you know they'll go out to their mates for a sleepover they'll mm. you know they're so independent and you know apart from you know messing around at bedtime like they all do it's life is you know was easy yeah, until the point same. and then found out I was pregnant and so for him there was a real concern as to what what that might be like and I think this time round I'm very hyper aware of that because we'd had the conversation beforehand about whether you know to go for the third or not and I promised I was like no it's going to be different this time and now he's here I'm like fuck off don't touch me (laughs) (laughs) but what I am doing this time round is I think I'm I'm explaining myself as I go so Mm -hmm. I'm explaining my thought process to him and I'm kind of trying to put his mind at ease and I'm saying I'm not always going to be like this it's not always going to be like this and you know if you actually think about how long your children are that small for and and, mm-hmm. and that you know irritating occasionally and that mm-hmm. you know that that needy for for me especially it's actually such a small time in comparison to the rest of their lives and I'm like you know what we just need to bed down I won't always be like this I won't always not want to be touched I won't always snap your head off it is just a phase and yeah. I think as long as you communicate that to them and you know they get it and they take it on board I think that that's I think you've just got to you've just got to be open and honest about it and say do you know what today I hate you no offense (laughs) I had this thing like when you're talking about communication I'm like exactly and I created this postpartum conversation starter card so postpartum relationship conversation starter cards and they just flew, like people were buying them. I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And all they are is they're literally just like one sentence of like, are you okay? What are your needs? How can I support you? You know, because when you're in it, when you're mothering or whatever, you don't even think. And like you're saying, like you don't even tell them why you're like this or what's no. going on. And they it's often living. don't tell you. They're just no. like, oh, do you know what? I'm pissed off. I'm just going to go off. Or I'm going to whatever. And it manifests with them in different ways. And so you just, you end up kind of moving like ships in the night, like you're not talking. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, there was one woman who messaged me and she was like, it saved my marriage. Like we were never having these conversations. And then we had, I literally took out one card and I asked him a question and it opened up so many things. I think we're just not prepared for it because maybe as well people previously just didn't really talk about it or expectations between men and women were different so it's like you know it has changed massively from like our parents generation where probably mum was mum and dad went out and earned money like and now we're just put up and shut up and yeah so it doesn't mean that they're necessarily having a great time but they didn't have an expectation, whereas my expectations on Doug are so different. So my mum will be like, oh, mm. dad was great. He would get up in the night or he would change a bed. I'm like, yeah, like that, that's fair. It's meant yeah, to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's that has a massive part to play in that. And I really think yeah. sometimes we get annoyed about having to mansplain. Like, it's like, why do I have to break this down for you? Yeah. Why, why can't you just it? figure it out? Why can't yeah. you just mm. see that this needs to be done without me having to like, because we're already having to handhold the children. Like, we're like, I thought me and you were the adults and they're the children. And Mm. yet here I am having to explain to you that I need you to tidy up behind yourself. Well, I don't fancy doing that. But when you don't fancy doing that, it ends up building this frustration. And then when they try and come, you know, that tap on the shoulder in the middle of the night, they're kind of like, hey, that one. (laughs) And you're like... No, because the resentment <laughs> towards you has yeah, been building I, all yeah. freaking day yeah, and I yeah. can't stand you near me. Thank you, bye. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that, like, we want them to understand and they just don't understand. And I don't think that's something that we can blame ourselves for because equally they know that we want them to understand so they could try as well. So it goes both mm-hmm. ways. I think as well with, with, with guys, I think, you know, 
for, for me, Nate is very clingy to me. I, I, you know, he's, I am, like you were saying before, really, like for a very small stage, you know, you are all a baby once, like, mm-hmm. I, especially because I'm breastfeeding him. I am literal life to him. And, you know, and I think actually he feels a bit on the outside as well yeah. of that. And, you know, it, it's as much as, you know, yeah, yeah, I can joke about, oh, he doesn't do anything. He's actually very handy. He's very good. He, he does all the washing. I'm, I'm probably the rubbish one in the relationship. I never think to put the wash on. He's always there doing the washing and, and whatnot. So he's really helpful at that. But, you know, there's certain things, I think, because he feels like he's on the outside and that he can't do anything because I'm mm-hmm. breastfeeding. You know, there's that quick assumption of, um, of that, that everything has to fall on me but because of that. So, you know, like he'll hold him and the minute he starts crying, it's like, oh, it's he needs feeding I'm like he doesn't need feeding he he doesn't I fed him half an hour ago he just needs Mm. jigging or you know it's the it's the trying to also kind of bite your tongue and let them also figure it out for themselves well and they're probably going to do it slightly differently as well right yeah and then I mean they're going to do it wrong but still yeah (laughs) Yeah. but sometimes (laughs) it's like having to accept that they're doing it differently is quite hard and you do actually know like sometimes I sit there and I watch my husband I'm like I have to look at my sister I'm like don't let me say anything don't let me say anything because I'm watching him I was like eventually he's going to get to what I know works yeah he's gonna have to work through it and it's just good you know like I'll be like why is he holding him like that? Why is he holding him? That doesn't work. And after he's like flipped him upside down and spun him around, he's like, oh, put him over my shoulder. And then he thinks it's his idea. But if he thinks it's his idea, it's like, he'll do it again though, won't he then? So it's fine. If I then try and like micromanage, he'll be like, just do it then, you do it. But instead, if if he thinks that he's been successful, he might just, keep doing just it just do it next time I yeah. so if I if I try to micromanage I just send my husband the other way so we fell out last night because you know you know what they're like babies you pick they, they scream you pick them up and they stop or you know that that's what you know you've got to do the jig you've got to walk you've got to, you can't sit down and jig doesn't work you need to be on your feet with the jig and so we were screaming his head off and I was like Steve I was like just pick him up and he was like no because he couldn't be bothered getting out of bed he was like I'll have him in the bed it's fine I was like you need to get out of the bed and he was like no 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 don't come in here telling me how to parent of mm. what to do you know don't and, and because I was telling him to stand up and jig he was like no I'm absolutely no, yeah. not going to do that I'm good yeah I'm, I'm gonna stay in this bed five minutes later he was up pacing the floor jigging and the crying stopped immediately and I was like <laughs> those middle of the night like rages and you have to just pretend that those don't happen I think sometimes yeah because it's, it's the um, it's when they exhausted. wake up in the morning and they say oh he had a good night's sleep didn't he yeah <laughs> they've been up every hour I'm like how oh. did you hear I just don't understand what it is in their in their brain waves that, that they just don't they don't I mean it's yeah. impressive I would like to know I would like so to know you can how do it. yeah so I can um, do it it's very impressive and what would you like to say to a new mum who might be feeling all of the things that we've talked about Sophie that it doesn't last forever I think probably is what I would say that no matter kind of how like down you might feel on one day or how much you feel that you can't leave the house or that things are on top of you your tomorrow will be different it because every day is different and this stage it doesn't last forever and also that everybody else goes through it as well you're not alone and things will get better because they do and you know I, I look back at some of the earlier years that I've had with my other two now and they are a distant memory and at the time I would have just been beside myself about certain things. And I always say that, you know, I I put a lot of humor into what I do because if I don't, then I would just cry about Mm. it. And I think, you Mm. know, once you've looked back at it and you look objectively of what happened and you go, oh, do you know what? Actually, it's fine. It's fine. That's the dog's going. Illy? So mine would be that despite the fact that babies don't recognize that you are separate entities for a very long time, 
you actually are separate entities. And so what you are doing or anything that you do or anything that your baby does is not you. It's not a reflection of you on how you parent, how you don't parent, what you do, what you don't do. It is just they are individual beings. And so as much as you want to be like, it's my fault they're doing this, it's like actually step back for a minute. They're an individual, they're a whole person and they might be acting this way or doing this thing, but actually it's not going to be your fault because you are two separate beings. And so, you know, all the things that you want to blame yourself for, have a look at it, like ask yourself, is it mine to carry or are they just a baby? Are they a whole person who's got their own character likes, dislikes? And, And so, yeah, just you are together in it, but you are separate beings and they'll do what they do. And all we can do is facilitate the space for them to be. And I think that is what we should be doing. And that's what we always should aim to be doing for their whole lives. We're just facilitating them to be themselves. Oh, I like that. And what not to say would be cherish every moment because... Me. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them are cherishable. No, and that's the word. It just makes you feel so guilty when you're there pulling your hair out. and Yeah, or like so-and-so's done it. You know, comparison really is the thief of all joy. We're all on different journeys, different experiences, different expectations. So whatever. Yeah. Been it. There you go. Thank you so much to Illy and Sophie. And I think my conclusion is that none of us know what we're doing. My eldest is 12. I almost can't remember going through all of that with him and I started Don't Buy Him Flowers because I found it so hard and overwhelming. So you can see how people forget. Um, We work with the charity Homestart UK who have a local community network of trained volunteers and expert support and they help families with young children going through challenging times. So I will put a link in the notes as they may be able to help you if you're struggling. And thank you so much for listening. I think lots of people are finding life quite tough at the moment. There's a lot of bad and sad news to process and we're dealing with the fallout of the last few years and life is busy and overwhelming. So I'm hoping to tackle some of that in our next series. If you subscribe to the podcast, you'll get a notification when we release a new episode. And there's all of last year's episodes. So go back and listen to those. Um, That should keep you busy. And we'll be back soon. Take care of yourselves. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.